Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. Tech Guide. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 163. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. And this week, I'm going to talk about Apple confirming their September launch event in San Francisco. Windows 10 gets off to a flying start. And Samsung launches some new omnidirectional speakers, and we take a look at the science behind them. In the Tech Guide interview, we talk to Logitech Global Product Manager Doug Sharp about the new Artemis Spectrum gaming headphones. In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the Garmin Verb action cameras and the Braven Bluetooth speakers that can go anywhere. And we'll wrap it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Plenty to talk about, so let's get cracking. Well, the rumours are true. There is an Apple event On September 9, Apple confirmed this just a few days ago when they sent out their invitations to the media, and I was lucky enough to receive one. So I'll be heading over to San Francisco for the event, which will be held on September 9, which is 3 a.m. September 10, Sydney time, which is Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, this time out, the event will be held at the Billy Graham Civic Auditorium. They normally hold their events either in Cupertino or at the Yerba Buena Centre for the Arts. Now, I understand the Billy Graham Civic Auditorium is a concert venue, so uh, the size of the event is obviously going to be pretty big. Now, what are we going to see, though, at this event? Well, the rumours are pretty strong. It's that time of year. It's time to uh, launch some new iPhones. It's obvious, uh, just by the timing of it, of course, that we're going to see the updated phones, iPhones. And look, if the rumors are true, and as I said, these are, as I'm saying now, rumors uh, are all we're going on at the moment. Apple haven't announced anything. There's, uh, there's nothing that they've given us any hints about. The only information that we've heard is from the rumor mill, so on the grapevine. Now, the rumor is that we're not going to see a design change. We're not going to see the iPhone 7. We're going to see the iPhone 6S and the iPhone 6S Plus. Now, outwardly, design-wise, they're going to look virtually identical. The only things that we're hearing is that it may be slightly thicker, to accommodate one of the new features. And that new feature is a force touch screen. Now, we've spoken about force touch in the past. This is the new technology that Apple has included in the Apple Watch and also has included in the trackpad of the MacBook Pro. 
Now, force touch is the ability for you to not just tap, double tap, double click, but also to to press deeper into the screen. Uh, you feel uh, when you're using it on the MacBook and on the, on the Apple Watch, there's a little taptic feedback, so you do feel a little bit of a uh, you feel something underneath your finger when you do it. Now, this new interaction with the screen is meant to offer new shortcuts, new features, new alternatives to the present clicking, swiping, dragging, and all, all those sorts of things. So. The, the new the force touch screen is what's going to add to that slight slight ex- increase in thickness. The other in, the other improvements that we know uh, or that well, not we know that we have heard are coming to the phone. Apart from the force touch screen, which I think is going to be pretty big. Uh, apart from the force touch screen, we're also going to see a faster processor. If going by the numbers, we're up to A nine is the processor. There's also talk of an improved camera. Now, the camera on the iPhones are probably the best in a smartphone. They may not have as many megapixels, but in terms of the end result and the quality that you get, uh, they're pretty close to being, if not the best, then among the best. I think the other the other contenders would be the LG G4, recently released, uh, as well as the uh, the Galaxy S6 and the new, the recently released Note 5 and the S6 Edge Plus. They are, they've got pretty good cameras. Now, if Apple improves on their camera, then I can't wait to see the result. Another thing they're talking about is a stronger aluminium unibody chassis. Now, if you cast your mind back to the launch of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, some galoot on, uh, on the internet decided to bend the iPhone. So, it, uh, of course, it became a gate. It became bend gate. And uh, then other people then prove that you can bend any phone with enough force. Now, because the iPhone was the this huge release and everyone was talking about it, it became a massive story. So much so that at the time, Apple actually gave people a look inside their testing labs and proved that, yes, it does give, but it doesn't bend. Now, I think they've taken all that on board and are offering a, a stronger, a, re, a reinforced aluminium unibody chassis. But, uh, look, any phone will bend, as was demonstrated not long after that. Now, apart from the phones, now, we know that, of course, phones are going to be front and centre. We're not going to see an iPad on this launch. I think that may come later in the year. We're not, all, we're not going to see a new Apple Watch that's only been out since April, even though a year ago at the iPhone 6, the original 6 and 6 Plus launch, that was when we were first introduced to the Apple Watch. We're not going to see a new Apple Watch. What we will see is the new operating system, which is the Watch OS 2. We're also going to see a definite release date for iOS 9, which will run uh, on the new iPhones, we expect. But another product that may be updated is the Apple TV. Now, this is that small black set-top box that connects your TV to your iTunes account and to the internet and allows you to enjoy your content on the best screen in the house, which is your television. Now, this has remained the same for a few years now, the Apple TV, and there is uh, reportedly uh, a move to change the design, uh, put a faster processor on board, a new, uh, a new remote control, as well as having on board Siri and the App Store. 
So you can just imagine the possibilities there where you can actually talk to Apple TV to look for certain things. Because I know one thing, typing in a search with just with the remote control can take a bloody long time. It's a bit of a hassle. So if you can talk to your Apple TV, if you want to search for something, you just just say the name rather than having to type it in. Access to the App Store, of course, will be handy. So if you don't have a smart TV, at least you'll be able to run apps from your Apple TV and make it smart, I guess. Uh, so that, that, that's about the size of this event. And, of course, Apple being Apple, uh, they could even pull out something, a surprise. Although Apple, with all the attention on the company and the, just the size of the uh, rumors floating around the company, it's getting harder and harder for Apple to keep something completely secret. Although I, I'd love to be surprised. You never know. There may be a one more thing moment that uh, they could surprise all of us with. Now, as I said, I will be the in San Francisco, so stay tuned to Tech Guide for any updates. The event will be streamed live through uh, your Apple TV or through the Apple website, and it will kick off for Australian viewers September the 10th at 3 a.m. So set the alarm clocks. It will be worth watching. It'll probably go for a couple of hours. So September 10, 3 a.m. So in in the U.S., it'll be September 9 at 10 a.m. So because of the time difference, uh, it is early on September the 10th in Sydney and on the eastern uh, eastern states as well. So uh, stay tuned to Tech Guide. You can read more about it and, and check out what Siri has to say about it because Siri, the invitation said, hey, Siri, give us a hint. So if you actually say that to Siri, you'll see some pretty smart answers, some very little, uh, not giving too much detail away, but very playful answers as well. You can see all of that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Now, we all know Windows 10 was released in a blaze of glory on July the 29th. Now, that's uh, more than a month ago now, and it was very well received. I have to say, uh, this is probably my favorite version of Windows that I've ever used. I'm using it on a laptop, on a Lenovo Yoga Pro 3 Pro laptop, as well as a Yoga, uh, sorry, as well as on a Surface 3 tablet. So I'm using it on a couple of devices, and I have to say it is pretty good. I'm really liking it, uh, and so is the rest of the world, as a matter of fact. It has got off to a flying start, and Microsoft, uh, their corporate vice president of marketing, uh, Yusuf Mehdi, he released some interesting information about the take-up of Windows 10. Windows 10 has been now loaded on more than 75 million devices. So the 75 million devices now running Windows 10, and that number is growing daily. Could very well be 80 million by now. Windows 10 is also being accessed in 192 countries around the world. Devices dating back to 2007. That's seven-year-old computer. Eight-year-old computer, actually. Eight-year-old computers are now installing the new operating system. Now, one thing that is very popular on uh, one of my favorite features, actually, is the ability to stream your Xbox One to a Windows 10 computer. So if you walk in the lounge room, your Xbox One is connected to your television, someone else is watching that television, you can still play that game. So you can stream that signal, as long as it's on the same network as your Windows 10 computer, you stream that signal, just simply take your remote control with you, uh, connect it to your computer, 
and you'll be able to stream that Xbox One game on your Windows 10 PC. Now, what's happened in the, since the July 29 launch, the equivalent of 122 years of gameplay has been streamed in this manner. Now, that's pretty impressive. Another new feature is Cortana. This is the digital assistant. It's like the Microsoft version of Siri. But Cortana can now also not only look up stuff for you, but it can also find things for you as well. And Cortana is also quite playful. Uh, You can ask Cortana to tell you a joke. Now, since Windows 10 has been launched, Cortana has told more than half a million jokes. So a uh, pretty popular feature right there. And our app usage, uh, you can run Windows from the Windows Store, and apps on uh, have also been on the increase. App usage on Windows 10 has, been, has increased by more than six times. So Windows 10 users are downloading six times more apps than a Windows 8 user. So certainly a so completely positive response across the board for Windows 10. A lot of those stats, and you can also check out my my stories about uncovering the new features of Windows 10 and what you need to do to install Windows 10 on your computer. If you haven't installed it yet, I do have a link on Tech Guide to tell you how to do that. It's on. Uh, you can look all of that up on my te- on my website techguide.com.au. Moving along, Samsung has unveiled new omnidirectional multi-room speakers. The R5, the R3, and the R1 are going to be seen for the first time by the public at IFA, the tech trade show in Berlin. Now, I'll be in Berlin for this. uh, I'm leaving this week to go to Berlin. And I have actually, though, seen these speakers ahead of time. I was given a very early look and listen to the new speakers a few weeks ago at Samsung's newly created Audio Labs in Valencia, which is just outside Los Angeles, a very uh, a popular part uh, just south of LA, I believe. And what it's right near Magic Mountain. If you've ever been to Six Flags Magic Mountain, uh, the Samsung Audio Labs are not far away. Uh, but these new speakers follow on from the R6 and R7 speakers. Remember those speakers that look like a bit of a football? And they have that omnidirectional uh, characteristic to them using their proprietary ring radiator technology. So what this basically means is these speakers can radiate the music uh, in all directions. Rather than you sitting in front of a speaker and hope to be, to be in the sweet spot, The Samsung R5, R3, and R1, which are also cylindrical, less football-shaped, more cylindrical, offer the very same feature. Now, think of a speaker, a normal speaker, and the music coming from the speakers as a flashlight. So they come out in like a line. There's a bit of a ray effect so that they spread out slightly. If you're not within those boundaries, you're not going to hear the music very well. Well, in comparison, think of the Samsung omnidirectional speakers like a light bulb. You know how a light bulb lights the entire room? No matter where you are in the room, you get the light. Well, think of the, uh, the new Samsung omnidirectional speakers just like that. They radiate music like a light bulb, like a light coming from a light bulb. So no matter where you walk in the room, you're going to hear 
excellent sound. Now that sound though, and when I was at the Audio Labs in Valencia, we were given a behind the scenes look at how they come up with that sound quality. Now it's all through various testing. There are anechoic chambers where they record every little nuance of the speakers. They can track on a graph the output, compare the Samsung speakers to other leading speakers on the market as well through blind testing. So Listening is a very subjective thing, and their testing procedure at the Samsung Labs offers, uh, because it's a blind test as well, it takes that subjectivity out of it. So with enough testing, the cream does rise to the top. So people start agreeing with each other the more they hear these blind tests. And I actually sat down to do a blind test uh, where the procedure is you hear the same piece of music across four speakers. Then they move all the speakers and you hear a different piece of music. And then what happens and you decide what sounds best to your ears, give it a score out of 10, and then those scores are collated, so that way they're, they're graphed to so that obviously the, the testers know exactly where what speakers were in which position. So they can see what rating was given to each of those particular speakers. Without you seeing a brand, without you seeing anything, all you're doing is listening. And I, found, I find that really interesting. And, and the results that Samsung found, if Samsung speakers don't rate highly in those blind tests, then they have to go back and fix it. They have to make them sound even better and they've got the equipment to do it and it's not just limited to the uh, omnidirectional speakers we're talking about here they also have special anechoic chambers i think a world first chamber to test speakers on televisions and also sound bars so you'll find that if you listen to a 2014 sound bar or 2014 samsung television and compare it to the 2015 version you're going to hear an amazing difference they did show us uh, they have a room in the listening room they have a panel a wall that actually can slide, that can rotate from one TV to the next. So it's like a rotating wall. One one wall has the 2014, the other part of the wall has the 2015. And we were able to hear side by side just about the 2014 TV v the 2015 TV. The 2015 TV sounded so much better. It's like night and day. So Samsung, they're already number one in televisions. They're already number one in smartphones. And with the setup of these audio labs, they've shown they're serious about being number one in audio as well. So keep an ear out for these speakers, the R3, the R5, the R1. I will be writing about them while I'm at IFA. So check out my website for all the details, Tech Guide. Techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand, and they are introducing the first Nighthawk modem router. Netgear's newest addition to the Nighthawk family has landed. It's the first modem router in the range. The Nighthawk D7000 will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 1,900 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connection. Now, VDSL is one of the new technologies being utilized by the NBN. So upgrade to the D7000 and future-proof your network. Enjoy smooth video and music streaming and eliminate lag when online gaming with Nighthawk. So if you want a super fast Wi-Fi speeds and ultimate Wi-Fi range for your home, check out the new Nighthawk modem router from Netgear. Search for D7000 at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide.
Our Tech Guide interview is with Doug Sharp from Logitech. Now, he's the Global Product Manager for Gaming Products. Now, I just returned from Portland in Oregon, where I was given access to the Logitech Labs, where they've been working on the G933 and the G633 Artemis Spectrum gaming headphones. The G933 is the wireless version. G33 is the wired version. Now, Logitech is already a leader in headphones, gaming headphones. The previous model had sold more than half a billion units. So that's a solid act to follow. The G930, those headphones were hugely popular. So when news of these new headphones came out, there are a lot of people interested in hearing all about it. Now, these gaming headphones obviously are designed for gamers, whether they're on a PC, they're multi-platform, so for PCs, Macs, PlayStations, Xbox, they are the headphones to use because not only do they offer excellent sound, there's also a built-in boom mic. There are also programmable buttons, volume buttons, macro buttons, so it does make your gameplay experience even more enjoyable or even more efficient. You've got to remember, a lot of people who play games are competitive. Some play professionally, so every little bit counts. Now, these new headphones, though, aren't just limited to gaming. They can be used to listen to music, whether it's on your phone, whether it's wirelessly from other devices, or they've also got capability for surround sound experience. On board is the DTS Headphone X technology. So they can listen through the equivalent of a 7.1 surround system. We actually did a test in the listening studios in, at the Logitech Labs. The Logitech Lab was actually just outside of Portland in Washington State, just across the border in a town called Camas, C-A-M-A-S. That was where we had a look at the, uh, the design and development of these headphones, and part of that was listening to this 7.1 experiment. We sat in the room, had 7.1 speakers around us, so seven speakers plus a subwoofer, and then all each speaker was played in order, and the direction from where it came from became really obvious. So there was left front, right front, center front, side, side, side left, side right, rear right, rear left. And as the voices were coming from those speakers, you could hear where they were coming from. Then when we put on the headphones, we could hear the exact same thing. You could swear you were hearing mu- the sound only coming from a certain direction. So you've got a surround sound system on your head. You could enjoy that surround sound without disturbing anyone. Very, very impressive. But first of all, we took a look at their design labs. Now, these took a lot of development. They had seven pilot builds. They were toying with the different materials, different uh, ear cup padding softness, different components. They had 3D printed materials and components and parts and really played around with this until they got it right. Uh, And on the audio side, they built their very own driver, the Pro-G driver, built completely in-house. They didn't just buy one off the shelf from another company. They made their own. And to test that audio quality, they took it into their anechoic chambers. They even had a special dummy that can sit the headphones on on the head. And uh, it also has a mouth and shoulders, just so it's like a normal human being. And they can test the audio quality when there are those realistic things in around. Because when you're talking, when you're listening to music, that music does bounce off your shoulder 
shoulders, your chest, uh, off your face and all these things. So Logitech tested all that in their labs and tweaked it until the sound quality was incredible. And I can vouch for that. It does sound pretty good. Now, there's also a companion software with it, so it helps you program the various buttons and macros that you like. There's also RGB lighting on these Logitech speakers, now the headphones. And that allows you to set all these different lighting options that can display more than 16.8 million colors. There's also the Logitech gaming software that lets you take control of the headphones, setting up those programmable keys uh, as well. But I thought there'd be no one better to talk about these headphones than Doug Sharp, who's Logitech's global head of gaming products. And here's what he had to say earlier. Doug, thanks for joining me. We're here in Camus in Washington. We've crossed the border at uh, the Logitech Labs, and we're here to talk about, of course, the Artemis Gaming Headphones. Now, from what I've seen already, and I'd like you to elaborate a little bit, uh, from start to finish, this is quite a process to bring to market. We've seen design, we've seen audio testing, all kinds of testing. So the product that customers pick up in their hand in the store, so much work has gone into it. A lot. It's pretty extreme. We're we're kind of a design focused company, so everything is very UX focused. We did a lot of consumer testing, and we did insights, and we did user experience with the buttons. Everything that we develop at every point, we like test and redo. Okay, so just going back to the previous head, the headset that was released mm-hmm. about four years ago, you said more than half a billion, half a billion units sold. So. Yeah, the G nine thirty. Right. So from from that, obviously that was a tough act to follow. Yeah. But you you did have some learnings from the customers, uh, so to to improve it. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that. So um, there were so many things people loved, but even the things they loved, we were able to learn from. So the number one thing that people commented on was the sound quality. And they liked it. They thought it was great. But, I mean, that just kind of shows you how important that is to someone. So we knew we wanted to keep moving forward and improve and do more with that. Mm -hmm. Um, The battery life, when it came out, it was 10 hours. And we thought, wow, that's great. But then we got a lot of feedback about how people use it. And maybe they leave it on their desk or maybe they forget to charge it. And they really wanted a a smarter headphone that felt like 10 hours. It wasn't really that 10 hours wasn't quite enough. It's just it didn't seem to really give Mm -hmm. them 10 hours. True. So we made a lot of improvements there. We've got a bigger battery. We've got a smarter headset that goes into standby mode when it doesn't, when you forget to turn it off, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, there was also comfort learning. So uh, we went from way, way a long time ago into a leatherette, which is great for isolation and sound, but maybe it's a little bit more hard. You get ear fatigue uh-huh. after maybe six or seven hours of playing. Yeah. If you're a, a power serious, player. Serious session, that is. That's right. So we went to a sports mesh. And people loved that you could wash them and remove them. Mm-hmm. But they said, well, it still, it still feels a little rough against my delicate gamer skin. And I'm like, <laughs> I am with you. I want it to be softer, too. So we went through a whole series of tests with materials, probably 20 different materials, mm-hmm. and looked at uh, heat dissipation and heat absorption, made sure it was you know, giving us the best like, uh, experience that felt cool on your skin and would stay that way for a long time. And then we tested how it felt against your skin with the foam attached, mm-hmm. and, and we found a really great new material that we yeah. love, and so we improved on that. Wow. So, there's all, so that's just on the comfort side. Yeah. So then we move into the audio side. You mentioned that it's not just for gaming. It's also you can listen to music. So it's, we're talking high quality here. Yeah. So games are, you know, your customers obviously game focused, but... 
love listening to music and their phones. Yeah, well. and movies. Gamers love. We do all of that, right? So, so we have a great audio history, and we have a great audio resource here, right in Camus. We have a really great lab. We have. A, so when we started this project, I came up here and I talked to Tracy, who you met earlier, and he had this idea for a brand new driver. And we took it down and we tested it and listened oh. to it, and everybody loved it. Yeah. And I knew then that we would have the driver for the next headphone that we were going to build. Yeah. And it was serious, and it's from the audio side. It's not, it's yeah. not, I, I love it when people would say for the 930, this sounds great for a gaming headset, but I wanted to remove that for the gaming headset part. Yeah. I wanted it to be great for audio, of you know, course. and people just to be happy to use it everywhere in the house. Yeah. And just, just to be clear, like Logitech's obviously got a solid audio history, uh, you know, with not only gaming speak, gaming headphones, but also other various speakers. So mm-hmm. this was a product developed from the word go in-house so there's mm-hmm. no no off-the-shelf right. parts you did nope. everything here yep we did it's a brand new design and um and it was in prototypes and things we built here and uh, it's a pat pro yeah, patent pending uh-huh. uh so it's kind of a it's a cool new concept and and drivers haven't changed a lot in the last mm-hmm. 30 years i love audio and that's you know you're always waiting for new exciting things absolutely this, this is a good one now, just on the headset, uh, the headphones themselves, they're very impressive. I'm quite impressed with the RGB lighting. Yeah. So yeah. lighting on a, he- on a pair of headphones, non-gamers may not understand that. No. But <laughs> explain why the lighting on a headset is important, on the headphones. So, so everything, you know, everything we do has to have a function, and we have a great story for why it's functionable. It gives you extra information when you're gaming. It can reflect the environment. It can reflect your health level. Um, but when it comes right down to it, all the testing and everything we did when we talked to gamers, they're emotionally connected to their gear. All you have to do is go on Reddit and look at, and look at all the uh, battle station and you yeah. look at all their beautiful desks and their incredible tables. And when they sit down, you want to feel like you're ready to become part of the game. Yeah. And you're going to sit down for four hours and get your Cheetos and your drink. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, it's going to be awesome. And there's yeah. a really cool feeling. But part of that is lighting and your gear. Uh-huh. You want to be inspired. You want to be, feel inspired, and yeah. so that was that's where we came from with the RGB. I, I like the example you gave where you can set the colors to warn other people. <laughs> Say if it if it's yellow, don't even talk to me. Is that explain it's, that? Someone particular in the office, right, thought it would be really cool as a visual aid for the rest of us to like you know maybe green was okay to approach, yellow probably you shouldn't do it, and red. Yeah, just prepare. It's like a traffic prepare. light. Yeah, gird yourself. <laughs> so yeah, we don't yellow. Okay. We don't mess with it. And also, the, uh, the obviously there's a, there's the boom mic as well. So mm-hmm. the, the not, you're not just listening; you're also talking mm-hmm. uh, in the game. Super important to gamers. You got to have communication. Yeah, and, and I, I quite like what you explained before, where the certain the the boom the mic has to be a certain distance to your mouth, and yeah, you yeah, talked yeah. about gamer shame with uh, people <laughs> wanting to see be seen with these headphones yeah. outside of the room. But you've done something about that, haven't you? The, yeah. The design is vastly improved. So uh, when you look up gamer headphone online and you Google the images, you'll see these giant booms in your face. Mm. And and different companies and different people have done some, you know, to reduce it. We've worked really hard. What we've done is we've made it completely invisible. It retracts back up, but it comes down and it has a hybrid extension and it reaches that 128 millimeter, that perfect mm. point, to fit most people yep. and come right to the corner of your mouth. And... um and I've actually had to put a sticker on the microphone inside the way because it, it retracts and because people haven't been able to find it, which made me really, really happy <laughs> that they were like, where's the mic? I'm like, it's a gaming headset. What do you mean you can't find the boom mic? I said, like, okay, I'll put a label. 
And now they're like, oh, I see. It comes out this way. Because it, it looks really good from the front. You can't really discern the mic is in there unless you're up yeah. close kind of looking for it. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to getting in there and giving it a try. Yeah. Appreciate your time, Doug. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Finney. Our first product for the Tech Guide podcast today is from Garmin. Now, Garmin's a company we normally know for GPS devices, sports, multi-sport watches. Well, they've entered the action camera market with a camera called the Verb, and that's V-I-R-B. I think Verb is uh, known as a doing word. If you if it's a verb, you're doing something. Uh, so it's a pretty good name for the action cameras. They've just spelt it slightly different with an I, V-I-R-B. And these action cameras are action cameras with a difference. Now, we've heard of GoPro. There's so many other competitors on the market, and what they can do is basically film what you're doing, which is pretty good, and so can the Garmin Verb. Not only can it film what you're doing, but it can also capture the associated activities along with it. There are sensors on board. It, it, it connects to other products that can gather data as well, like a heart rate monitor or a speedometer in your car, information from your car. So not only are you getting the video, but you're also getting the associated information. For example, you may be in, uh, you may be skiing. Uh, it can be recording your speed. It can be recording your elevation, all these other types of information, and it can display that on the video that you're shooting. So you'll know at that very moment you're traveling at such a speed, at such an elevation, and you're seeing it happen right in front of you. So the ability for this to happen really makes this an action camera with a difference. Now, you can record at up to 1440p, and that's for the Verb XE. It's capable of shooting 1440p at 30 frames per second. Then down to the Verb X, uh, and the Verb XE can do this as well, of course. You can record in 1080p at 60 frames per second, 1080 at 30 frames per second, along with 720p at 60 frames per second. Both cameras can also capture 12 megapixels images either as stills or you can do burst mode uh, so you're never going to miss a thing so there's also pro mode if you want more manual control but uh, the form factor as well is uh, the, the, the it's pretty flat and narrow so that you can mount it on, on a helmet, on the side of your helmet, uh, pretty easily. And you can see from some of the pictures I've included on Tech Guide the amount of information that can be superimposed on your video. So of the example I've given on my story is uh, there's a person flying in a, in a plane. And it's showing that they're at that particular moment, they had a three-degree pitch, 90-degree roll. Uh, you can even record G-forces. If you're skiing, you can record your speed. You can record the temperature at the time, uh, the elevation. If you're on a boat, you can record the how many knots you're traveling, the wind angle. So not only are you getting what happened, what, what you can see happened, you're also getting the associated information. For that, so that's a complete record of what you did on the move. Uh, really smart product from Garmin. If, for those people who are looking for something more than just an action camera, so for someone who wants to collect data uh, as much as they want to collect video, the Garmin Verb cameras are the way to go. The Garmin Verb X and Verb XE are priced at $429 and $529 respectively. You want to see a little bit more and see those pictures I was talking about, head over to techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Our next review product is from Braven. 
This is a Bluetooth speaker. Now, Braven have been around for a little while. They're very well known for making solid speakers. Now, the Braven BRVX Bluetooth speakers take it a step further. These are rugged. These are waterproof. These also charge your other devices. So not only do they play music, they also charge your phone or your tablet. So when you take this on the go, it is a charger as much as it is a speaker. But the BR, BRVX from Braven, these Bluetooth speakers are quite rugged. They've got a bit of a muscular build. Uh, they've got, they're made of shock-absorbing shock material, so they're meant to be taken outdoors. They're also certified, certified IPX7 waterproof. In fact, they can be submerged in a meter of water for up to 30 minutes. The device is 23 centimeters long, 9.2 centimeters wide, weighs 680 grams. So it's a really handy companion with... Whether you're indoors or out, in fact, there is an indoor and an outdoor mode for listening to music, uh, and music quality is above average. I have to say, it's quite impressive. Uh, so if you're pairing your smartphone with the BRVX, you can do that either through Bluetooth. There's also NFC. If you've got an NFC device, just tap it on the back, and you'll have an instant pairing. Uh, there's also true wireless technology, so you can link a second BRVX speaker, so you can create a studio pair, so a left and right pair. Uh, the music controls are on the top of the product, uh, the on button. On the back, you'll find the USB port to plug in your other devices, so you can get a charge when you're on the move. So really handy little speakers, uh, really can, can, take it in, can take anything no matter where you go. The BRVX is great for the outdoors type, but also doubles up as a, as a charger, so you're never going to be left short with your smartphone and tablet chargers as well. The Braven BRVX speakers, priced at $299, and you can read my full review, techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is also sponsored by Norton, the family that can keep you and your family safe online. Do you know what your kids are up to on the internet? A recent survey by the internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark when it comes to knowing what their children get up to online. Are you one of them? Helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, sexting and cyberbullying adds a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help give you the tools that you need to open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do, and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide Help Desk, uh, we had a question from our reader, Tony March, and he writes, Dear Mr. Editor, hello, Mr. Editor, I have a Sega SC3000H personal computer 48k ram expandable to 88 80k total ram also with six game cartridges and a basic level 3b cartridge now if you don't know what i'm talking about you'll be surprised to know that what that product this man is describing is one of the first computers a gaming computer as well so we're talking quite an old product here and his question was let me know if this is worth anything 
and what I can expect to get for it. Now, this has become something that's that's become very popular on sites like eBay. Retro products have kind of retained their value and become these quirky little valuable items. Now, in the case of this Sega SC3000H computer, I did a little search on eBay and found there was the exact computer for sale for $329. Now, that's the asking price. I have seen uh, completed listings on there for about $200. So, Tony, the great news is that computer that you've held onto, it says he's also got all the instructions are all included. He can get about 200 between 200 bucks and say 300 bucks uh, if it's in good condition. Of course, if you've got the original packaging, that helps as well. So that retro product is pretty valuable. But other retro products to keep in mind are things like the original iPod, which I have, by the way. The original 5-gig iPod is quite valuable indeed. When you think about it, it was released in October 2001. Uh, so just a month after 9-11, we saw the first iPod, and it has become quite a valuable product indeed. Other valuable little tech devices, if you have the original Game Boy in working condition, you can guarantee a few hundred bucks for that. The black and white version, I think it came out in 1990 or around 89 possibly even 91, so around that time. If you have a working version of a Game Boy, with some games, of course, then you can uh, be guaranteed a tidy little sum of money. So it does pay to look in the cupboard for those valuable retro products. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, as usual, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, please send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. Or you can get hold of me on Twitter. I'm at Stephen Fennick, and that's Stephen spelt with a PH. Love to hear from you. Hashtag techguide if you want to say uh, say g'day. Uh, special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again we are off to berlin our next episode we'll be talking about everything we see at IFA, the trade show that we are attending but until then stay safe and stay connected